Welcome to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Thanks for tuning in. As you can tell by now, it's uh, I do this quite organically. It's not really overproduced, or I don't edit. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't edit at all. Um, so I really appreciate your bearing with me in the format that I'm choosing to do this. It's just as real as I can get. I do have a lot of topics that we're going to go through over the course of these segments. Um, I'll eventually get onto teachings and real deep instruction on connecting and how to and take home lessons. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm really working to do this uh, with a new episode posting on Saturdays so that you can um, tune in and kind of have a lesson and work it all week before we go into the next one. But here in the beginning, I, I just want to continue with a little bit of my history so that you kind of know who I am and what I'm about and what I've gone through. So thanks for listening. <laughs> When I was in college, I was a resident assistant in the dorms. I was uh, became a resident at a, as a sophomore, which was uh, pretty pretty spectacular, because usually it's juniors and seniors that get those jobs. But there was a position open, and I needed the money, so I applied and got in. I'm pretty gregarious and um, manifest. I manifest a lot in my life, and I really wanted that job, so I got it. Um, what a resident assistant does, otherwise known as an RA for short, is we are in charge of um, helping out an entire floor of students that live in the dormitories. And, you know, we create social events for them or just are there for them if they're going through hardship or don't understand certain things that they need to do or whatever. We also walk the floors to make sure all the um, fire, fire equipment and um, alarms are all set and doors are locked that need to be locked and all this kind of stuff. So um, anyway, this, this, these tales, some of them, <laughs> some of the initial ones are from my time of being an RA. Looking back, I realized this was the one of the first profound experiences that I had had um, when I was actually, oh my God, you know what? Flash, interruption, edit by spirit. No, one time when I was really young, I went to this like church thing, not even my church, but my friends invited me to this church place and in that, you know what? I'm going to have to stop and tell you about that. Oh my God. So back in grade school, one of my best friends at the time invited me to this lock-in at her, at a church. I don't think it was her church. Maybe it was, I don't even know. I had no idea what's going to happen. We go into this lock-in, which they basically mean you're you're stuck there in the church basement or wherever we were for the whole weekend. It, I, I did not even remember this till this very moment, right? Oh my God. We had all these different rooms we could go into. And so we could choose whatever we wanted to do. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go in this room. And in each particular room were kind of like, spiritual exercises. One was um, we stood against this sheet that was draped on a wall and we tried to see each other's auras. Oh my God, I can't believe I was doing this at a very young age. I don't, you know, I don't remember what else, like just different things. Maybe we were taught to meditate in another room or something. I'll have to get in touch with this old friend to see if she even remembers this kind of stuff. I, I don't know, but we were talking about all kinds of like you know, esoteric or metaphysical um, 
ways of connecting and, and finding a, an altered awareness uh, beyond the third dimensional, you know, reality in our day-to-day mind or whatever. Oh my God, that is so crazy. I just remembered that. Anyway, how perfect is that, that there's this random thing in my life when I was little that would kind of set me up or introduce me to these concepts that would later really <laughs> become a massive part of my life. Um, I think we even did like some funky past life regression or something. So just this whole thing of um, being exposed to each of these opportunities or topics was really beneficial to me. And there was this really cute boy there too. Oh my God. I, I don't even know who he was. It was just, you know, called, of course, puppy love. And I was just like, oh, he's just so cute. So that helps to kind of hold my attention, sort of. Anyway, that's that little segue. Now back to college. One of the young men on staff with me as an RA was his first name was Lyle. I won't get into his last name. And I don't know why, why did he pick me? I don't know. But he was like, listen, I'm trying this new technique. Um, Do you want to kind of check it out? Can I do it on you? It's like this meditation thing. And I'm like, okay. I was so naive. Listen, I was so naive. He's like, come into my room. I'm like, all right. You know, nothing happened. It didn't make any moves on me. Thank God wouldn't have known what I would have done. I would have been like, Hey, Lyle, Lyle, I like you, but not like, like, like you. But, um, he didn't do that. It was not his intention. His intention was to do this meditation technique on someone he probably thought was gullible or easily like kind of, you know, hypnotized of sorts, but it wasn't a hypnosis thing. So I laid on his floor in his dorm room and he took me through this meditation. I closed my eyes. He's like, okay, let's put you at a beach, which is really funny because I end up living at the beach, at the ocean. Um, I don't live on the beach, but I can go to a beach if I want. So um, close your eyes. You're going to be uh, you know, on this beach, feel the warmth of the sun, feel the sand. You're kind of sinking into the sand. It's really cozy. So he's trying to drum up all of these you know, hearing, seeing, smelling, feeling sensations, which was really brilliant, but it really gets you into the meditation. I'm sure those of you that do this kind of, um, you know, space meditation type techniques or visualization, if you will, find it very beneficial to really full, fully dive into the experience. So he has me laying on this beach and blah, blah, blah. And then I don't, I kind of think what he had me do was he had me stand up and walk into the water and then swim into the water. And then I came into a cave and then I, uh, you know, this is, and so I, anyway, I was just thinking, this is something my brother would have made up. So die, cause there's an adventure. So you go into this cave, you come up into the cave, you can breathe, there's air in there and you're sitting on a rock. And so I've got this image. I'm totally there. And all of a sudden, this really amazing spiritual being comes into the cave too. And, you know, my go-to dude at that time was Jesus. So I imagined Jesus and it really did feel like Jesus. And he's going to give you messages. And so he did, but I don't now remember what they were at all, right? And so he's sharing these messages. They'll be impressed on your soul, rah, rah, rah. Um, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to thank him for coming to this time. And I really felt it, right? I mean, I really, really felt it. I felt the glow. My heart was warm. Um, really felt in a space of love that this, you know, that Jesus was emanating to me and for me and support and well, well-being. And so really, um, Lyle was saying, you know, thank him for coming. So I was like 
thanking him for coming. And then I, he, he's like, okay, so now what we're going to do is go out of the cave, back into the water. We're going to swim through the water. And then you're going to come lay back on the beach. And then you're going to sit up and open your eyes and you're going to bring your awareness back into the room. Now, he was saying this, but I could not wake up out of it. I'm sure my face was very relaxed and he could tell I was still in the meditative state. So now he's saying it again. So you're lying on the beach and you're going to sit up and you're going to open your eyes and you're going to bring your awareness back to the room. And I'm still lying on his floor in the dorm with my eyes closed, peaceful state. I could not get back in my body. Now he's starting to panic. So you're going to, when I say three, you're going to open your eyes and sit up. Now, meanwhile, while he's going through all of this, what's happening to me is that I visually see my body lying on a beach and my soul is whipping around and around and around in circles, trying to get in my body up to the heavens, get in my body down into my body, up to the heavens, back down to my body, trying to get in. And I can't get back in my body. I have astral projected or left my body so much that I couldn't get back in. And so there's Lyle still going through it. Okay. So Constance, listen, you're going to listen to me and you're going to do what I say. And so he kept at it. And I cannot recall, I wish I would have written it down, but I can't recall what finally got into me to get back into my body, unless it was just pure, you know, just total intention. What happened is I remember looping my spirit up and then back down, trying to slam into my body through my heart. And the second I got in my body, I went, <gasps> I sat up bolt right. And I was like, Lyle, don't you ever do that to me again. That was a huge lesson. All right, people. I'm, I really think I was pissed at the time at Lyle, but it wasn't his fault. It, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it well, you know, he was just, uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But I, I learned like, holy moly, I can leave my body, like really leave my body and cool, but also, wow, protection, got to protect yourself, Con. So it was a real um, eye opener for me. And I do love Lyle dearly. I haven't talked to him or spoken to him in ages, um, but geez, what a great one-on-one <laughs> -on -one lesson right there. I had another friend, um, Julie, I'll just use her first name in college. She too was a resident assistant in the dorms. We became fast friends, really enjoyed her. I still do. We're still friends. She's so fun and just um, vivacious and has a lot of positive energy and great vibe. And she's so smart. Oh my God, she's so smart. She talked to me how to, taught me how to do uh, look up resources, you know, like Oh, Khan, all you have to do is just look up here or look up there or find it there. She also introduced me to credit cards. <laughs> oh, you want that stereo? All you have to do is go open a JCPenney's charge and put your stereo on your JCPenney's charge. This was a whole new world for me. Um, it's all good. Anyway, I sorted that. So Julie is uh, a dear friend and we were so close that we, you know, the deal with a close, close friend, we started finishing other each other's sentences. And 
I would think of her and she'd come around the corner or she would think of me and I'd just be walking, you know, into the room or, or calling her to get together and go out or something. So I was really grateful to have her as a pal through college and, and through while well, being an RA in the dorms. One of the most profound um, experiences that we shared together was one time as an RA, I had a gal that was going through um, a real tragic hard times and she was really uh, suicidal. And so she, uh, I sat with her, this the gal, the whole, the whole night, it was the whole night to me because I always used to go to bed early, kind of early, but it was early on in the night that uh, I sat with her. Maybe it was after dinner and we went um, just beyond midnight talking and I was just telling her about why her life was so important and she didn't even realize, you know, that this hardship that she's going through now maybe there's lessons in the struggle and, and how she could seek other help beyond just this RA who was, a, you know, a, a journalism major, but also um, the importance of her life that she hasn't even gotten to yet and the uh, influence that she is to those around her. And she doesn't even realize it that, um, so it was a beautiful conversation to me to connect with her, but she had showed me in the process how she had once tried to slit her wrists. And I, was praying the whole time inside my head, grace of God, help me say the right words, help me hold her. You know, I told her, I'd, you know, just let's check in tomorrow and see how you're doing or whatever. Um, I finally got her to a healthy place that she was ready to go and go to sleep. And, you know, she promised me and um, that she would take the next steps. And I promised her I'd check in with her, which we did. Lovely, lovely young lady, lovely young lady. After the conversation, after she left my room, um, or yeah, we were talking in my room, I, I was like fried, you know, and I just needed to touch base and also report the experience to my higher up. And my, at the time, it was the assistant um, in the dorm that, that I went to. I didn't go to the top dog gal, but I went to the assistant um dormitory person in charge of the dorm. And she was, uh, that, you know, the, those two in particular were in charge of all of us RAs, making sure we were doing our jobs, but she, um, had room down on the first floor. So I had to truck down to the first floor and I was just really, you know, just trying to kind of decompress on my way down there. I knocked on her door. Um, she opened it and I, uh, I walk in, but as I'm, uh, as I'm, I, I'm going in the doorway. I realize, you know, Julie's there. My friend Julie's there. And I don't think there was anybody else there. But I was like, I didn't mind that Julie was there because I wasn't really going to use her the gal's name on my floor. But I just said to the assistant, our uh, leader, I said, listen, I've just had this incredible experience. I was just talking down a gal that, you know, is suicidal. She's going through some hard times. And they both their jaws dropped to the floor, Julie and the assistant. I was like, what, what's, what, what? I stopped the story mid-sense, what, what? And Cindy, what's her name? She said, oh my God, the assistant's name was Cindy. Oh my God, Julie was just having an experience where she looked in the doorway, in the in my entryway of my doorway. And she, she was in shock. And I was like, Julie, what's going on? And Julie's like, in my mind or in my field of vision, I see this young gal standing in the doorway with wrists bleeding. And I don't know what this vision is about. I just can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And here I came in telling her this story of a similar connection that was obvious that she was, Julie was picking up 
what I was going through and therefore also what the girl was going through. Um, we were all flabbergasted that Julie had picked that up. I'm not really now because now I'm like, she's pretty dang cool. So that makes sense. You know, um, that taught me a lot. It, you know, it also taught me how hard life is for some people. And I myself in various times in my life, it's been hard. I'm like, take me out now. Um, I'm glad I didn't get taken out now, but I just, um, am so grateful for Julie and that connection and that validation and that, um, experience of our linked hearts and souls. Oh my God, I was so, so wrong. While I was telling the story, I'm like, this doesn't sound right because oftentimes I'm in two places at once. I'm either talking and listening to spirit at the same time and scanning people's energy fields. So that's really three places. But when I was telling that story, that's so hilarious. It was in JCPenney's. I was like, that's not right. That's not right. But I just kept going. It was actually Sears. God, thank God Julie introduced me to credit cards and Sears because that's where I got my cool uh, stereo system, which was so cool in the 80s. And then also Sears saved my butt when I had my uh, Volkswagen bug breakdown numerous times and I did not, poor college student, have the money to fix it. So I brought it to Sears, the mechanic auto shop there, which was fabulous. And um they fixed it and put it and I put it on the credit card, which I was able to pay later, but what a hoot. Sorry about that. Yeah. Not JC Penny's. It was totally Sears. And I'm so appreciative of Julie <laughs> introducing me to credit cards. So very helpful in life. As long as you pay them off monthly. It was in my college years that I, <laughs> I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was astral projecting. I was, I remember one time laying on the tanning, roof. We had a, a roof on one of the tops of the dorms that we, all of us girls, it was an all girls dorm. So we'd go up there and tan. And I remember being up there, having my eyes closed, but imagining and seeing myself fly, you know, fly all around campus. And, um, but it was very vividly real. And I was aware that I was actually doing it. I was actually doing it. It was later on in my last year of college when I was driving back and forth. I lived at home 60 miles away from the university that I went to and I would drive back and forth. And in those times, I also, the one time there was this bird that was flying alongside my car and I projected my energy into that bird and saw the whole experience from his perspective. I did this while I was driving. I can't, you know, nobody else was on the interstate. Not, I was there driving early. Maybe there were a few truckers. Sorry <laughs> to tell the truth. Don't do this on your own. But it was really profound. And these were little teeny little bits of um, experiences that I would kind of uh, expand on later or that would be expanded for me later in my life. But I just remember there were these little strains of them back then of astral projecting and kind of shape-shifting, if you will, going into the experience of an animal. I had several experiences happen in college, quite a few, but 
the last one I'm actually going to share with you is one that really troubled me. My friend Stephanie and I were driving along late at night. I was driving the bug, little Volkswagen bug I had in college. It was so fabulous. I miss it so much. Um, and it was late. We were often off studying at some coffee shop that was open 24 hours. And I'm driving along and I swerved the bug. And she was like, what did you do that for? And I said, didn't you see that guy? Didn't you see that guy on the side of the road? And she said, what guy? And I was like, Stephanie, he was stepping off the curb. She's like, I didn't see any guy. There was no guy. There was such a guy. There was a man. He was seemingly kind of homeless. I am telling you right now, there was a guy and he was standing there and he stepped off the curb right in front of me. And so I swerved. When the, you know, the fact that Stephanie didn't see it made me realize like, holy shit, I thought I was crazy. I said, Stephanie, I am crazy. And it was Stephanie that encouraged me to write to John Hopkins University to ask if they studied people like me. I think she, at one point she said, I think you should work for the CIA. I think you should develop these skills. And I was like, what skills? These are the things that are happening to me. I don't go looking for them. You know, I didn't because it was just, it was happening to me. I was seeing spirit in the third dimension, loved ones that had crossed in the third dimension. And I actually got to a point where I said, please, God, please, God, don't, I can't do this. I cannot do this because I was so scared, you know, and it was affecting my driving. And so I um, was grateful when they stopped showing up in the third dimension. I was so very grateful. By the time I left and graduated college and moved out east, I didn't talk about it anymore. I didn't talk about it to my partners in my relationships. I didn't talk about it to my friends. I just shut it down very far down because I couldn't control it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I shut it down. I call those kind of my, um, you know, my lost years. It was a lot of my 20s. It was my 20s, actually. It was my 20s. I was uh, I graduated college and then became a waitress. <laughs> I just was like, let me just hide out for a while. I had a wonderful time as a waitress. I was a great waitress. It was great fun, but um, it wasn't meant to be a waitress forever. Um, you know, I was meant to do this work. It was later. No, actually, it was in high school, I think. My brother taught me to read tarot cards, and that was really helpful. That was really cool. To the point that um, early on, was I 30 by then? I had broken up with the boyfriend. I was ready to quit the waitressing world. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Um, yeah, I was near 30. And my friend Russ came to visit me. And he asked me to read tarot cards for him. Or maybe I said, Russ, can I read your tarot cards? And so I read his tarot cards. And while I was reading his tarot cards, the energy rushing through me was so intense that I stood up and I had to walk around. And in that moment, I just started spilling out more information that the cards revealed, more than they revealed. And I, I was going on and on and on and on and on. And I didn't even know what I was saying. It was just coming out of me. And I stopped in a quick breath and said, do you understand what I'm saying? And he goes, yeah. And in the end, we were, I was like, what just happened? He was like, what just happened? I was like, I have no idea. It wasn't until years later that I realized I was channeling. I was channeling. It was, spirit was speaking straight through me to give him messages. 
in that moment that were beyond the cards. The tarot deck is just a tool of divination and I was tapped in. But don't forget, you know, I was always just, you know, just I won't talk to anybody but the light. You know, that's always been my intention. All good. Um, and so that's what came through. But I just hadn't even realized it in that morning moment. It was pretty amazing. Don't forget all of these experiences up until now, I did not have the vocabulary to what was happening. There was um, no internet really at that point or well, no, maybe there was like just barely, but I didn't know to look it up or, you know, I didn't know that, you know, to go to the library and see about anybody writing any books on any kind of metaphysical discussion or psychics or anything. I was raised Catholic. I wasn't going to look into the psychic stuff. Um, but that was all about to change. That's where I'm going to stop this segment is, um, I think I've told you enough about my quiet high school years, my college years, my quiet twenties, you know, after college. Um, I think God gave me these pauses to prepare me for what was yet to come and to realize I really needed to lean in to God to carry me through. So my next segments are going to be more about that story. Very amazingly magical to me, and I'm excited to share them with you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, again, if you want to follow me on any other social media platforms, all that can be found on my website, ConstanceMesmer.com. Thank you and take care. Legally speaking, this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis, treatment, or the advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.